A very good morning to you all. It's Thursday the 20th of Jan. We are creeping slowly to that Friday. It's going slowly, but we're nearly there. Today we're talking you through what has happened in Tonga, but before that, running you through the day's headlines. Sam, what's making news today? The New South Wales, South Australian, ACT and Victorian governments have all announced they will allow people to receive a COVID booster shot at state-run vaccine clinics three months after their second dose instead of four months. About 5.3 million Australians have already received a booster. Are you one of them? I am one of them, which represents about half of those who are eligible. The federal government announced yesterday that it'll rebate visa application fees for international students and backpackers. The PM got up yesterday and announced that the rebate will apply to students who arrive in the next eight weeks and backpackers who arrive in the next 12 weeks, meaning that the cost of applying for the visa will be picked up by the government. And it's around that $600, $650 mark. The government says the policy will help fill critical work shortages, including in healthcare, aged care, agriculture and hospitality industries. A man has been charged with the murder of a nine-year-old girl who had been missing for a number of days in the Blue Mountains. Police say they found the body of the child in a barrel in the Colo River area near the Blue Mountains. The good news is that the US government has finally launched a website for citizens to order free COVID-19 rapid tests from. The website became the most popular government site within hours of its launch and now each household can order up to four tests. The government does plan on distributing one billion free rapid tests. If you looked out at Sydney Harbour yesterday, you would have seen the HMAS Adelaide departing Garden Island in Sydney bound for Tonga. They're going past Brisbane where they'll pick up more supplies and they're headed to provide disaster relief and assistance to the tiny Pacific nation following a massive volcanic eruption over the weekend. We're going to quickly take you through what exactly happened over the weekend in Tonga, but I really want to focus in on the aid effort because it has some really unique qualities that are worth discussing. Briefly, what happened is that over the weekend, an underwater volcano eruption occurred in Tonga. As a result, there was a tsunami that followed this eruption and most communication was cut off in the nation. It's expected that the communication will be unavailable for weeks after the eruption damaged an undersea cable that supplies the nation with internet and that is via Fiji. As the days have gone on, we've started to get more of a picture as to what happened over the weekend and witnesses in Tonga claimed that the eruption shook the earth for multiple minutes and sounded like thunder. We've seen photos of ash falling from the sky and from an aerial view, it's basically just grey and brown all across the nation. Yesterday, the Tongan government released its first official statement since the incident. The statement clarified that there were three fatalities recorded and a number of injuries, but it's expected that we'll know more about the impact on some of the really small communities on the periphery islands in the coming days and weeks. The discussion now is about aid. And as I said to you at the beginning of the pod, you know, we've got a number of ships coming from Australia and New Zealand, but there are a number of complex factors that are going to impact the aid effort. The key one to think about is COVID-19. Tonga has largely steered clear of the pandemic, and there are some concerns that the influx of foreign aid workers and supplies could actually cause more problems than they are trying to solve. This was the sentiment from Sophie Ford from the Australian Red Cross, who said to that effect, we're really mindful that our 
responses doesn't bring any more problems. The Australian Red Cross said they were aware of the isolation measures in the country that indicates that if you arrive in Tonga, you have to isolate for up to three weeks and goods need to be quarantined for days. But there are some really pressing issues in the country, namely the provision of clean drinking water, which may have been contaminated by the ash cloud resulting from the volcano. The materials will also include temporary shelter and some really important tools that should re-establish the communications network that as of now is down across the nation. So to focus in on that COVID-19 aspect, Tonga only recorded their first case of COVID in October 2021, and they're one of the last nations on the planet to be COVID-free right now. There is no Omicron in the country. The position taken by the Australian Red Cross is backed up by the United Nations, who said that as they begin to send aid, a lot of that aid will be conducted via remote operation, and it might not be able to send personnel to the island. A representative of the United Nations based in the Pacific said that Tonga has been very cautious about opening their borders, like many Pacific islands, and that's because of the history of disease outbreaks in the Pacific, which has wiped out societies. Australia's Foreign Minister Maurice Payne spoke about the provision of aid from Australia to Tonga yesterday. Have a listen. To ensure that we are providing all the support that Australia possibly can, working closely with our Pacific partners uh, to ensure that we support the people of Tonga. So here's where we're at. The naval ships that have left Sydney will take five days to travel from Australia to Tonga. And an international mobile phone network provider has set up a temporary system on Tonga's main island using technology from the University of South Pacific's satellite dish to establish a temporary solution until the underwater cables, which are going to take four weeks to be repaired, are fixed. This means the telecommunications systems operating in the country is going to be at 10% of its usual capacity. The other key factor for aid workers and locals is that there are fears of more eruptions from the volcano, so everyone's keeping a close eye on the activity under the water there. SBS Australia actually put together a really good guide of how we can help here in Australia, and the organisations they highlighted were the Red Cross, Care, Save the Children and UNICEF. We'll put those links in the show notes of this podcast. That wraps up our Thursday pod of the Daily Oz. Thanks as ever for joining us. If you are interested in any developments throughout the day, head over to our Instagram at the Daily Oz. It's where over 310,000 Aussies get their news every day and we'd love to have you over there. Happy Thursday.